Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Mara Argirio to discuss resistance training for runners. Mara is a performance physical therapist, athlete, and marathon runner who uses strength training as a key component of training in her program and with the runners she treats in the clinic. Mara and I discuss how she works resistance training into her marathon training, how just two days a week of resistance training can have a tremendous impact on injury prevention, and how building strength can be a game changer to improving running performance. Whether you're a competitive runner or just enjoy an occasional mile or two outside, you'll learn a lot from this episode. Enjoy my conversation with Mara. Mara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm super excited to have you. Ever since I finally got to come down to Vertex and hang out with you and the rest of the crew, I've been super excited to just keep connecting. So I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. So today we're going to talk all about resistance training for runners. And I'm super excited because I know this is a topic that you are very passionate about that you use frequently. Um, but before we dive in, I would love for you to just give a little bit of an introduction about who you are and what you do. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, my name is Mara. Um, I'm originally from Cyprus, um, the island Cyprus, not Cyprus, California, um, in the Mediterranean. Um, I I came to the states nine years ago um, to play tennis at the College of Charleston, and then ever since I loved it here, um, so I ended up staying. Um, went to PT school at UNC. Um, and then here I am now um, working as a physical therapist at Vertex PT specialist in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, so I haven't awesome. branched out too far from, from Charleston when I first came, but it's been um, awesome nine years so far. I love it. I love it here. Really fortunate to have to be working here. Um, so, yeah. That's great. I mean, you guys have such a special team at Vertex. I was so grateful to be able to spend some time with you guys and um, very cool to hear how, you know, you were a college athlete and I'm sure a lot of that experience has carried over into your clinical practice, but I'd also like if you can discuss um, kind of your personal experience with running as well. I know you've done yeah, some yeah. races. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah, um, yeah. so after tennis, um, I, I I never got burned out from tennis, but it was harder for me to find people to keep playing, keep being competitive. So that's kind of when I picked up running was in PT school. It was just easy for me to just go out and run whenever I wanted to. Could I could do it by myself, um, kind of a lot like tennis, very individual. Um, so I picked that up then, um, just started running kind of for fun. I always liked the long distances. Um, and then kind of in that last year of PT school, I was like, well, let's just see if I can run a marathon and see. And I loved it. I loved the training. Um, I loved the monot how monotonous it all was. Uh, it was great. Um, so I ran my first marathon then. Um, I ran two since. Um, I actually haven't run a bunch of like small races. I tend to just <laughs> focus on like one, the marathon. Uh, but this year I've actually run a 5K, run a 10K. Um, and I'm building up my training now. Um, to run the Richmond Marathon in November. That's uh, awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So that I love that. I love that. Uh, go big or go home mentality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ha have I run a half marathon? No, never. <laughs> just went straight for it. <laughs> well, good for you. And it's also, I mean, I love just hearing your excitement talking about how much you enjoy running because there's like two types of people in the world. There's the yeah, type absolutely. that just doesn't understand it, doesn't like it, maybe does it anyway because it's good for us 
But then there's those other people who just truly enjoy it and feel fulfilled by it. And it's exciting. And um, I know a lot of those people personally, and I know they'll be able to relate, you know, to your experience. So that's really cool, Mara. So that being said, I mean, I think resistance training, as we know, in the physical therapy performance space um, is a very big asset to not only building resilience as a runner, but also improving your performance. So I'd love if we can just dive into um, kind of just some general principles of like, what are the main benefits that runners will experience from resistance training? Yeah. um, And firstly, I want to say, I think a lot, I think there's a big misconception that if you're a runner, the only thing you do is run. And um, it's true. Like, I think this is a quote from Dan John, but 80% of your time should focus on the discipline at hand, right? Whether you're a tennis player, 80% of the time you're training tennis, um, whether you're a wrestler, you're wrestling, whether you're a runner, you're running most of the time, but it's that, that other 20%, like it's, it's so important to do the strength training, um, for multiple reasons that we're, we're about to dive into. Um, but again, I think a lot of runners, the problem is that they're the coach or the PT tells them, Hey, I think you'd benefit from strength training. And in their head, it's like, Oh no, I'd like, I don't have time to do that. Cause they think they're going to be doing it for like five days a week and going to be running less, but that's, that's again, not actually the case. Um, so I think that's the biggest issue I face like in the clinic, um, like adding strength training, isn't going to stop you from running. You're still going to be running probably equally as much. Uh, but yeah, strength training has so many benefits. Um, firstly, um, decreases risk of injury, um, just like it does for any other sport. It can increase muscle, tendon, ligament, bone strength, um, increasing tissue capacity, improving the tolerance to the stresses of running. So naturally um, decreasing your risk of injury. But on top of that, it can also increase your or enhance your performance, whether that's through um, increasing running economy, running longer with less fatigue. Um, I think there's some research on time trial performance and then also increasing anaerobic capacity, um, allowing you to run at a faster pace. Um, and that is also for middle and long distance runners. Cause I think we hear strength training a lot for kind of the sprinters. Um, but your middle and long distance runner, you do need, to, you know, that you do need the anaerobic capacity for the end as well. Um, so, so many benefits just, yeah. yeah <laughs> All runners awesome. strength train. <laughs> I know, I know that the, the list can go on and on and you definitely touched upon the big ones there. Um, first off being musculoskeletal health, you know, one of the biggest things that I think deters people from running is being afraid of getting hurt, which is very much a valid, you know, concern to have, but adding in two days, three days a week, maybe of resistance training, we'll get into some dosage later, um, can just make all of those tissues more resilient and more able to handle that stress. Right. And I also love that you mentioned that it's good for any sport. Like when you think about how our body adapts, doing the same thing over and over and over, whether that's a sport, whether it's a skill, like I agree. It's like, you're going to get more benefit out of your body, out of your fitness, um, by training these other facets as well. And I also love that you mentioned running, running economy. That's a concept that was introduced to me relatively recently when I was studying for my CSCS exam and anybody who has run a long race, which I've done five half marathons, nice. really, I really don't know how I've gotten through. Hey, them, that's but... five more than I have. <laughs> hey, no, but you've, you've got me beat with the fall, but, um, Every single time I've ran one of those races, you experience that point in the race where you kind of hit that wall, you know, when, when the aerobic work becomes difficult for your body to maintain. So you have to tap into that anaerobic system. And, um, it makes a whole lot of sense to just explain that strength training is going to make that system more efficient and more powerful for the end of the race. 
And I want to ask you with your running experience, since you began running in PT school, was resistance training always a part of your programming or is that something that you've changed over time? Yeah. um, No, it was, I mean, it's always been a part of my, just my life since I've been playing tennis. Um, So it's always been there. Um, It's just, you know, maybe when I started running more higher intensity, longer runs, um, the dosage kind of decreased in how many days I was doing it per week, but it's always been there. Um, So yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear. And I mean, not surprising, especially because you started with a sport that it is potentially more common to resistance train. You already had that experience. And um, now I want to dive into a couple of kind of like the misconceptions around strength training and running, right? One of which is that runners are fearful oftentimes that strength training will result in them getting really strong and bulky, which then might slow them down. Can you kind of discuss your thoughts on this and how strength training can actually improve performance? Yes. I hear that all the time. Oh my gosh. Too like all the time. Firstly, if you think about it, strength training, um, works on decreasing fat, right? It burns fat. So if anything, you're losing fat. Yes, you are adding lean mass, but you're for you to become so bulky and so strong, it will take like years and years and years. And then it's also just like progress. Like you would be have have to do it more than two to three times a week, which is usually kind of what, um, I recommend for runners. And it's, it's just not going to happen. Like we can like dive into the science of it, but it's, it's not going to happen. If anything, um, running will make you more lean, will make you more strong to be able again, to run longer, um, run longer with less fatigue, um, run faster, um, decrease risk of injury, all the above, just feel better running really. Um, so I think like a lot of runners will, um, do all their stretching. will make sure they're sleeping, right. Make sure their nutrition is on point and all what, and they, and they should, but if you can add one more thing to that, to increase your performance or decrease your risk of injury, why not do it? Like if you're, if, and if you're that motivated for, and you're an elite runner, if you can add something so simple as just even just two days of strength work, then just, just add it, like, just do it, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate that that's still kind of the myth or misconception behind that. Yeah, definitely. And I, like you said, from a body composition or body recomposition standpoint, it takes a really long time to look like a bodybuilder. Like, (laughs) and that's, I think the problem. And again, like maybe it's social media contributes to this when you're scrolling through and you see somebody deadlifting on social media, for example, it might be like a big, strong, bulky dude, who's not a runner. Like, so those exercises aren't necessarily going to make you bulky. It's, it's, um, if you're running frequently, like you said, like you're not going to be able to put on a ton of mass anyway. Um, and yeah, just thinking about like those points in the runs where you're kind of running out of steam, where you feel that burning. I mean, I can picture times, even as a field hockey player in college towards the end of the game, seeing girls on the field, just go from a hundred percent to like 80%, 70%, 60%. And our coaches, when they would see that would just run us into the ground at practice, right? It's like, okay, in order to run longer, you guys should run more. But in reality, when I started um, thinking more into it, and I was an exercise science student at the time, and I was noticing that the teams who we versed in playoffs that kicked our butts the last couple weeks of the season, we might've beat them during the regular season, but then get into playoffs time. They're just crushing us getting to the ball first. They were the teams that had strength and conditioning coaches they were the schools that had a football team that had a strength coach. Cause at the D three level, you don't always see that. So 
I began to draw this correlation of like, all right, we are running a ton of practice. Like aerobically we are fit, but it's that extra push. It's those quads being resilient and strong enough to go like, so I, I've definitely experienced that firsthand. Yeah. I'm sure that you have too. Yeah, I can, I can definitely relate. And then, um, just recovery too. just make sure you're recovering. I think, um, that's one thing I learned through my last marathon training, um, uh, may have gone a little overboard with, um, just my running volume and not recovering hundred percent. So yes, I think it, I mean, it's the whole thing, obviously. Um, but yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'd like to talk a little bit about how you work in the strength training to a running program, which yeah. I know this is probably a pretty wide spectrum from a marathon or to like a high school cross country athlete, but in general, what kinds of principles are you thinking about in terms of like how frequently, how many exercises, things of that nature? Yeah. Um, I usually like to tell, um, my running people or patients, clients, whatever, um, two to three days is usually a nice dosage. Um, if you're a person that, you know, is just starting off and you want to just start off with two days, that's totally fine. I think having that two days rather than one, um, will be a little bit more beneficial to get the strength training benefits you need. Um, so just again, two or three days don't need anything more. And for people that are just really cautious and just don't have time, whatever I say, just one day is better than nothing. So if you can get at least one day, that's, that's awesome. But two is better. Um, and then in terms of like, um, like in terms of my program. So I, um, I'm lucky enough. I have a coach that does program my running, my running training and kind of guides me into this, the strength training part of it as well. Um, so when I, when I'm base folding for a a marathon, so focusing on that aerobic endurance, um, my, um, strength training actually correlates with that. So it's a lot more, um, high reps, um, a lot more core trunk strength and whatnot. And then it slowly builds once we're done with the base building, moving on to that kind of that next phase is when we start to add more load. So more like your, um, your, your strength training kind of eight to 10, six to 10 reps or whatnot. Um, and then, um, after that we're adding, once we're going into more of the sprinting things, um, we're adding kind of power plyometrics. And then obviously you, once you're nearing, nearing into the marathon is when you got to get that taper phase, but it's been nice to kind of see that, how, that, how different parts of strength training correlate with your running training program. Um, that's definitely something that I didn't do when I was planning my own, own run. So that's cool to, to see it that way. Um, and kind of program that way now too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've also never appreciated like the ability to kind of put those two things together, like coincide the running with the resistance training aspects. And, um, but I like how you have this program for yourself, where it is kind of that holistic approach to resistance training in terms of starting with more of that muscular endurance, higher repetitions. Um, but then eventually you're getting into parts of your training where you're lifting pretty heavy, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think, yeah. And I said, yeah, I said, think I said six to 10 reps, um, and then we are, when we're getting more into the kind of the strength training, it does. Yeah. I've to three to five reps, um, kind of lifts. I'm not, not gonna lie. I don't go into like one rep max, um, days, but I will have days where I do three to five reps. Um, and I just PR'd my five rep max trial bar deadlift the other day. So let's go. Um, but yeah, so it's like you, you can, you can lift strong and run. You don't need to lift like 
one, I don't think you need to go into one rep max, but if you, that's something you want to do, I think it can absolutely work. I think there's a lot of variability in that way. Um, a lot of the runners and clients and patients that I'm getting are, they've never strength trained in their life. Um, and then a lot of the high schoolers either. So it may even be just starting with body weight stuff. That's, that's high enough for them. And then as they're getting stronger, obviously progressively overloading them. Um, so they can be challenged to get the strength gains they want to get. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure everybody has a different starting point, but it's, it's nice that you can appreciate starting with the basics and building that foundation, not just from like a load perspective, but just like um, a knowledge perspective too. Like it's really intimidating for anybody to start resistance training for the first time, but especially a runner who's always been good at running and that's their thing. And then you tell them to pick up weights and it's just unfamiliar. You yeah. Know? So oh yeah. You, how do you kind of navigate working with a, a patient or an athlete who might be particularly nervous or like resistant to doing strength training? Yeah. I think uh, biggest thing is just start them with something that they can be successful in. So don't give them a super hard exercise, super heavy weight where they're going to be sore for a week after, and it's, it is going to impact their running. Um, it's just meet them where they're at. So again, if it's body weight to start with, if it's just 30 to 40 minutes, that that's totally fine. You can always progress there, but I think the buy-in is super important and them not like feeling good after feeling like they're able to complete their runs after um, you, you'll be amazed. We have a lot of elite like elite runners that we see that they've just never done any strength training. So it's just starting meeting them where they're at really. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of value in that. And another question that's coming to mind for you um, in your case, you are training for races. So you have, you know, seasons, so to speak of where you're trying to peak around race time for anybody listening, who is just kind of like a recreational runner, you know, maybe the occasional turkey trot on Thanksgiving or <laughs> just a couple of times a week of going out for a jog. What kind of like resistance training type of approach do you think they should take? Like, should yeah. they still be mixing in different approaches? Like, is there one you would kind of bias towards? What do you think? Yeah, I think if for just kind of your recreational runner, that's trying to get strength training to decrease it, risk of injury and improve performance. Um, you don't need to make it that complicated, just your basic principles of strength training, um, probably strengthening to that strength, the rep range, strength hypertrophy rep range, um, progressively overloading. Um, and then we can dive into like deeper exercises of what you want to do, but just making sure you're hitting your main list, but then also hitting single leg exercises. I think that's, I'm a huge, I'm really, really biased to hitting single leg exercises just because as a runner, you're on that one leg um for majority of the time kind of hopping one leg to the other so um you gotta have your split squats your single leg rdls and whatnot um but i think just keeping it simple um keeping it simple and then progressively overloading um as you go and then obviously make sure you have your recovery week in there too um but yeah don't need to overcomplicate it <laughs> yeah that's awesome thank you for sharing that and i'm so glad that that you're explaining that because um it is easy to get caught up in the weeds with working out and you know, when you're trying to find the best exercises and things like that, but sticking to the basics can definitely get you far. And um, so I'd like to kind of dive into now, like more specifics in terms of creating a resistance training program for runners. Let's talk about what the most important muscle groups are or potentially movement patterns. How do you like to um, kind of lay that out? Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many, but um, so in terms of injuries, um, your most common injuries for runners usually um, like your Achilles tendinopathy, your paddle femoral pain, um, 
like medial tibial um, stress syndrome, you can see all that. But then you also see a lot, at least to my experience, see a lot of like um, hip joint type issues, which is kind of what I was having, um, hip flexor, hip adductor. So um, I kind of put kind of what the research says and then what I've experienced into one. And I've actually wanted, I've always wanted to create kind of a running program and just put it out there and see what happens. Uh, but uh, most important thing is strengthening your glute med. Um, that's going to carry um, most of it like the peak force, um, is most in the glute med when we're running. Um, so big on that. Um, so, you, and then hip flexors, hip adductors, um, big on that too. You have your hamstring, your quads, and then your calf. And then I know I've listed all the muscles in the lower legs. Um, but I like to kind of break my, say if you have two days per week, break it into, um, a more anterior chain, say, and a more posterior chain. So you have one day where say, if you're squatting, um, your main lift is a squat. And then following that up with, again, a single leg movement, whether that's a Bulgarian split squat, um, whether that's a step up um, or some split squat variation. And then on the second day, if you're doing more kind of a deadlift variation, whether that's a trap bar deadlift, an RDL, whatever, um, adding a single leg RDL in there. And then obviously don't forget frontal plane movements too. So I do like to add um, a lateral lunge, um, not every week, but maybe every two weeks. Um, where I'm incorporating that as well. And then I'll almost incorporate my uh, like hip flexor, um, adductor exercises as like part of my accessory work. So um, gosh, there's so many exercises, but just to list some, um, love the Copenhagen plank, um, love the lateral lunge, Cossack squats for adductors, your hip flexor, you have Russian step-ups, runner step-ups. I love those variations because you are kind of balancing on one leg um, and working on stability too at the top um, love nice variation of the psoas march. And then, um, after that, I'll usually try to hit calf, um, calf muscles. So, um, whether that's like the soleus creep, um, the one where you're kind of bent knees bent and you're just kind of creeping, um, to target the soleus a little bit more or any other kind of heel raise variation. Um, and then carries, I, I love carries. Um, so many different variations we can do uh, with runners. I usually will switch that to like a farmer's march where they're marching just to imitate the running a little bit more, but you can do overhead carries, um, overhead carry with a march, um, like a zercher carry with a march um, just to work on those postural muscles as well. Um, so that I think, I think that covers most of at least my training. Um, I know there's, it's, it's overwhelming and it seems like a lot, uh, but I mean, get yourself a good coach, a good physical therapist. They should be able to put that together for you pretty easily. Yeah. Thank you. That was a very I comprehensive way too much. And no, no, that was perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, miss anything. You want to yeah. make sure you mention everything that's important. And if and you're I listening, think I, did, I think I did miss, um, poster chain. I also target hamstrings as my, um, accessory work too. So whether that's like your Nordic curls, um, elevated heel bridge. Um, yeah, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> if you are listening to this and want to know what some of these exercises are, you could probably find most of them on Mara's Instagram page. <laughs> You're <But> not wrong. <laughs> we will, we'll talk about it at the end of the episode and it'll be in the description, uh, uh, but that's awesome. And I mean, one thing that I'm thinking about is you're listing these and kind of talking me through your approach to doing them is you're definitely mixing in concentric and eccentric work as well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. which I think is definitely important. And um, another reason why getting a coach or working with a good physical therapist is so valuable just to understand what it really feels like to 
have an eccentric intention with an exercise. Um, Cause I think that that can help tremendously as well. And yeah, I also love you speaking about the frontal plane, because I will say firsthand that I totally neglect doing my frontal plane exercises because when I go to the gym, what do I want to do? I want to do the stuff I'm good at, hit my my deadlifts, like let's go. And I've recently started to discover how freaking weak my adductors are like so weak. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's not just you. I think that was part of my, um, so I got injured the end of my last training block. I did the marathon anyway. Um, but I, I think part of that was I like, after that, I've added a lot of adductor work just because I've been having some like groin, hip joint type, kind of that C sign um, kind of issues. Um, so I've added a lot of that in and I think it's, it's helped me tremendously. Um, so yeah, I've, I have neglected that as well. So I'm yeah. with you. I know I need to get back into it. And right now I'm, I'm not going to a gym because I'm kind of in between moves and stuff, but I'm committing to myself that when I do, and when I start my job, like I'm going to make an effort to do these things. Cause now it's to the point where like, if I attempt a Copenhagen plank, it like hurts because I'm so weak. So anyway, I digress. Um, but, but that's awesome. And I also like that you are talking about kind of your personal experience with dealing with injury. And yeah. I think another thing that's important to mention is that if you're an athlete of any capacity, whether it's running or CrossFit or a team sport, injuries are going to happen, you know, like hopefully not super severe, like career ending ones. Um, but we're all going to experience that nagging pain from time to time or a little bit of tendinopathy. So can you just talk about your experience with kind of mentally, like experiencing that hip pain, whatever it was you were going through and how you kind of dug yourself out of that hole and kept going? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Injuries will happen no matter what, but I do think having that, that base building, that strength build will make it a lot easier for you to come back to from it and get injured like less severely. Um, so yeah, that, that is important. Um, with me. Um, so I actually, I finished the marathon. I just pushed through it just because I wanted to finish. Cause I knew Josh would give me a lot of crap if I didn't, he was running it with me. Um, so I finished it. I beat him of course. Uh, and I probably should have just stopped, but I took the whole month off after, um, just, I just needed a break from all I was training pretty hard. Um, at least for me. Um, so I just needed a break, took the whole month off and then, you know, came back, started just running like one twice a week. And it was, it was still hurting. And as a physical therapist, of course, I know rest is never the answer. Right. Um, but physical therapists are the worst patients. So, um, it took me a few more weeks after that to really just have, you know, Josh or someone just look at it and tell me exactly what I need to do. Uh, and then I, you know, it just, it wasn't getting better, but I also wasn't doing my PT exercises. So then I just, I was like, okay, I just need to do this. And I just, just something clicked. And then I was consistent with everything. Um, my running coach is, is just great. Um, Jessa Wigington, she's awesome. And she's kind of progressed me, um, really conservatively too. And I think she's done a great job with that. Cause I've been feeling really, really good. Um, so it's, I guess, a combination of that and just being consistent with your strength training, um, and just giving it time. Yeah, that's great. And well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, congrats on beating Josh in the marathon. Oh, I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't know that Josh ran a marathon. I'm surprised yeah, by that. I told him I didn't think he could. So he, so then he signed up. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, Namara, a couple more questions for you. I would 
like to hear your thoughts on should runners be training upper body? Yes, I didn't see. I, I'm, I'm sure I missed a couple of uh, exercises and body parts, but yes, absolutely. Another common misconception that runners just run, so they should just be training legs. But if you think about it, you're using your arms, you're using your trunk, postural muscles uh, for propulsion. So um, I actually include a lot of um, strict press, push press, landmine push press, a lot of like trunk stabilizing exercises. Again, loaded carries are great for that. Um, yeah. Um, so that, that's super important too. And I just, I think we just, as runners, people just don't know better, but that is definitely included in, in my strength training as well. Um, uh, because you, you need that postural control, especially if you're running, think about it, you're running for three, four hours, maybe five, if you know, um, so you, those muscles will get tired. So having that strength to keep you upright, to propulse you forward, um, is important too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. And I agree. I think that when it comes to running, especially distance running, once you get to that point where you start to fatigue, it's like whatever your body's weakest link is, is going to start to eat up a lot of that energy. Um, and there have definitely been times that I've gone out for runs and my shoulders are like super yeah. sore. And I, I, yeah, and I, I train upper body, like I'm relatively strong in my upper body, but those muscles are still working hard. So if you can make sure that they don't necessarily need to be like yoked upper body, but just making sure that, that your upper body trunk stabilization muscles can keep up with the rest of you just to keep your body balanced. Um, I agree. I think that that can be very valuable. Yes. Yeah. Now, Mara, I want to ask in terms of equipment. So I'm just thinking about this question now, because for a runner, runners may or may not belong to a gym. You know, if they're like a traditional going to the local lake or going to the beach and running. So we're talking about how amazing strength training is, but people might be listening to this being like, well, I'm not going to go to a gym. So if you had to recommend maybe like one or two pieces of equipment that a runner should have at home to be able to do some exercises, what do you yeah. think would be like good things to invest in? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, I think, so I think you need to progressively overload to get the strength gains you need. So um, you do need to add weight to your split squats, your Bulgarian split squats, which you can do at home with no equipment. Um, but um, once you, you're start, starting to add weight, you, whether you're being creative and putting a bunch of weight or a bunch of blocks in a book pack and just holding it there. Um, but if you have the luxury of being able to, you know, buy equipment, um, any kind of weight, whether that's, I mean, it, this depends on the person, but whether that's a 20, 30, 40, 50 pound kettlebell dumbbell, um, just to add that load in. Uh, and then I would even like loop bands. I know they get a lot of hate, um, like loop bands aren't going to get you anywhere, but I do think for those kind of accessory work, um, they can be useful and like hip flexor work, um, hip external rotation work and whatnot, even, even shoulders. So, um, that, and that's fairly cheap. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, in terms of like the other stuff, like carries, um, you can't get creative at home, um, and just find things that are super, super strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, having like two sets of a heavy kettlebell, depending on, um, what your strength is just to do your heel raise work with, do your squats, do your RDLs with, um, will be good. But I know in the bigger picture, if you're really committed, um, you do need the heavier weight for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that that's a great way to put it, that if, if somebody is just getting started and looking to just kind of introduce themselves to resistance training type of movements, 
Um, maybe you can get away with some body weight, some minimal equipment. I mean, there's probably so many videos out there now of like DIY training at home (laughs) because of the pandemic. So, I mean, I was using, um, back in those days, my family has like a water cooler with like the big, like five gallon bottle that goes on top. I was like trying to carry that around. Like, um, I mean, we've all had those grocery store trips where we are so stubborn and refuse. Can only make one trip. And refuse. Only one one trip. (laughs) And you're like, oh my God. And next time, next time that happens to you guys, next time you're coming home from the grocery store, whatever your grocery store is, and you're carrying all this stuff, just like key into how your body feels. Like you should feel that core turn on. Like it feels great. Um, So do that more often. Maybe park a little farther (laughs) away from the store. Um, but that's great. And I agree with you. I think that resistance bands can be very valuable. It's one of those things where like, we can take any workout, any exercise, any piece of equipment and like say something bad about it. But like in the grand scheme of things, thinking about that low hanging fruit, if it has some purpose, if it's going to give somebody a way to just feel those muscles activate, like, what does it feel like to like isolate your glute, like things like that. Um, I agree. I think I have a three pack of mini bands that were like $12, (laughs) $12 on Amazon. And like, if that's what you got, great. It's, it's a start. So um, that was great advice. Yeah. I just knowing your why, you know, knowing how far this band's going to get you. um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, that's (laughs) awesome. So um, Mara, just as we wrap things up here, is there any final advice, final thoughts you have for that person in front of you who? now is listening to this, they're bought into strength training, but they're just like nervous to get started, not sure how to get started. Um, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, find your local, um, if you have the opportunity to do this, find your local physical therapist, coach, trainer. Um, if you're kind of fearful or not sure how to start, but again, if you're a runner, you're not, you're not going to be spending most of your time in the gym. 80% of your time will be running. Your running will stay the same. You're just spending like one to three days, um, getting stronger. And again, that's to benefit your running to decrease your risk of injury and just to feel good in general, like feel stronger with everything you're doing. So, um, just keep it simple. I promise you my workouts, my strength training workouts are very, very simple. Um, just keep it simple, be, be consistent and then just progressively overload and you'll get the strength, uh, benefits that you need. So just don't overcomplicate it. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. I love that Mara. I couldn't agree with you more. And I even find myself trying to overcomplicate things sometimes because our brains like to do that, you know, being a coach and a physical therapist, it's like exciting to like try new things. But at the end of the day, we know that those basics and progressive overload and, and these uh, principles are always going to help us. So that's great. Um, Mara, I got one final question for you that all of my guests receive here on the goal set mindset podcast. We are centered around setting goals and achieving them with the principles of passion, perseverance, and performance. So I would love if you could share a personal goal that you have right now and how you're working towards it. Yeah, conveniently, it is a running goal. Um, I am working on, so this next marathon in November, I'm trying to run under 3.30 to qualify for the Boston Marathon. It actually has, it's been my, this is the second year that it's my goal because I didn't make it last year. Um, when I injured my hip, I didn't make the time. Um, so just another reminder that it's okay um, to keep the same goals and try and achieve them the next year. Cause I'm one of those people, but um, I'm really, really hoping this year is the year. That's awesome. I'm sure you'll kill Amara. I hope so. It's just, it's like you said, you've got the tools, you know what you need to do. It's just consistency and believing in yourself. And I can't wait to watch your journey and watch you crush that goal. 
Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Mara, please share some information of where my listeners can reach out to you, follow you and uh, learn about some of your cool exercises that you're using. Yes. Um, Instagram is probably the easiest. Um, uh, my PT account is Mara Sports Physio. Um, I do share a lot of my exercise, uh, personal and client patient exercises. So um, that would be the best, best way. Yeah, perfect. Definitely would recommend giving Mara a follow. I have a ton of fun looking at what she's doing with her patients and what, what you're doing yourself as well. Um, so thank you for that. Mara, this was so much fun. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Thanks for taking time on your lunch break to hang out with me. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this jam-packed conversation with Mara and feel empowered to incorporate strength training into your running program. If you're enjoying the show, I would love if you subscribed on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.